Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is recorded on Wednesday, July 25th, and we have an awful lot of stuff to talk about. So if you are at all involved in search, in SEO, in any form of digital marketing, you're going to want to pay attention to this episode. There's lots of stuff about Google's Quality Raters guidelines as they've just been updated. We're going to talk about possibly two significant algorithm updates in the last week and a whole bunch more stuff as well. So um, let's get started. Let's start talking about algorithm updates. So there was definitely something significant that happened on the weekend. There was a big, big algorithm update on uh, July 21st, maybe July 22nd. If you look at all of the algo checkers, so the MozCast, the Algoroo, uh, things like that, they're all showing a big increase in the amount of uh, turbulence that there is in the search results on July 21st. We had a number of clients, I, I love when this happens, when we know there's an update and then we look at all of the data and we see that a bunch of our clients that we've done site reviews for that um, have been working really hard on improving quality had seen some nice increases at this time. So I'm hoping that this sticks. There is a bit of speculation that this is some type of mobile-related update. There's a lot of sites that seem to have seen positive increases just on mobile. With that said, though, some of our clients are seeing nice increases on desktop as well, and their sites that haven't been moved yet to mobile-first indexing. So I think that this probably was a quality update. It's interesting that Google just released a new version of the Quality Raiders guidelines, and I think it's possible that some of the things that are outlined and made more clear in this update of the quality raters guidelines are um, possibly implemented into this algorithm change. It's really early to say exactly what was um, uh, came into effect at this time, but I think that there are things that are very, very difficult to change. So most likely this update was going after things like EAT, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. Um, and if you're a business that really doesn't have any authority in your space, it's getting harder and harder to rank. Uh, and so we'll talk a little bit uh, later on about some of these changes in the quality raters guidelines. And um, hopefully you can pick up some tips from there. I also think there was an update on July 16th. Uh, July 16th was my birthday, but I also noticed that a lot, again, a lot of our clients saw some bumps up on this date. Now, none of the algo checkers actually show that there was anything significant happening at this time. I really don't think these are seasonal changes that we're seeing. So I'm going to call this just a small quality update. We'll see if we get some more information uh, as time goes by. But for now, it looks like July 16th was a small quality update. July 21st and 22nd was a much larger one. Um, now that I think about it, some of our clients that saw the boost up on the 16th also saw a bigger boost on the 21st. And I think that it's possible that the 16th was a test of something. Um, I see this often where we have large clients that get uh, a lot, a lot of search traffic often an algorithm update will hit them before it hits anybody else. Um, and usually in a positive way, but not always. So uh, it's possible that these two were, were related. If you were affected by either of these updates, I'd love for you to let me know. You can reach me at marie at mariehaines.com. And, um, you know, either way, whether you've seen increases or decreases, the more sites that we can analyze, the better, as uh, we can often look and say, oh, you know, it seems like it's 
all e-commerce sites or it's all sites that have this particular quality issue uh, that seem to be affected. So um, yeah, if you want to contact me, that's great. I go through a lot of email in a day, but I never mind seeing emails of uh, sites that are reporting gains or potentially losses. Um, and possibly we can help you out if you've uh, if you've seen some losses. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the speed update. Um, something important to note is that this update affects uh, mobile rankings, but I'm still seeing weird things. I'm seeing sites that Google has labeled in their PageSpeed Insights tool as low page speed that actually saw gains at this time. Um, and I mean, who knows? Maybe their competitors have even lower page speed, uh, but something seems kind of strange at this time. Uh, I have a thing in the newsletter that Glenn Gabe posted some images of a site that showed big drops in mobile um, in conjunction with this update, which was on July 9th. So I personally think that the update really didn't have a lot of teeth. Uh, I think that it's one of these things that Google was just saying, you know, come on, we want everybody to have a fast site. And it's always good to have a fast site. I saw another study just yesterday that uh, said that for every, oh, I can't remember the exact stats now, but for every um, second that you improve your site, there's a, a, a corresponding increase in conversions. And uh, for most sites, that's the case. So, I mean, working on speed is always a good idea. Um, July 24th now has come and gone, and this is the date on which Chrome updates to Chrome 68, and as people get Chrome 68 uh, live for them, it means that if they go to an HTTP site, they're going to see a big thing in their browser that says not secure. Now, a few points to clarify because there is some confusion about this. First of all, this is not the red screen of death. We've all seen this where you click on something from the SERPs and you get this massive red screen that says this site is not safe and you have to decide whether you want to proceed to the site or retreat back to safety. Those warnings are for sites that have a security certificate, but the certificate has expired. And so you definitely don't want that to happen because most people do not click through after the red screen of death. But it's important to note that this update is not causing this red screen. So um, what users will be seeing is the little bit just up next to the browser bar where it says HTTP whatever. Uh, and there will be the place where we usually see a green padlock for secure sites will now say not secure. Now I know some of you are saying, well, didn't this already happen months ago? And what happened months ago was that Google put the not secure warning up as soon as somebody started typing in information into a form. Um, and so that's still there, but now you don't even have to be typing into a form. You... Um, it just have to be on an HTTP site. Now, the question is whether this is going to hurt rankings. So at this point, there's no, as far as we know, there's no change to the weight that HTTPS has in Google's algorithms. Google has told us in the past that this is a ranking signal, but then they've come back and said it's a very, very weak ranking signal. And a lot of tests have shown that there's really not a lot of ranking benefit um, in the short term, at least, to going HTTPS. The question, though, is whether it will deter users. So if you're an e-commerce site and you've got a big not secure sign, you know, a lot of users are going to be reluctant to give you their credit card information. It's going to be just a little bit of a less, um, you know, less trust that people are going to have in your website. And so 
it's possible that indirectly having a not secure warning could make more users go to one of your competitors. That's HTTPS. Uh, a lot of you know that I've written some stuff in the past about some of the issues that can happen when you switch to HTTPS. And I have to say, I you know, my goal here is not to deter you from going HTTPS. If you do it properly, in most cases, sites do not lose traffic. Where I get concerned, though, I mean, there's two things that can cause problems. One is if you don't do things properly. You need to make sure that your URLs don't change, that you redirect uh, everything properly to the right URL, um, that your internal links are changed so that they point to the HTTPS version of your site. There's a, a bunch of things that have to happen there. But the second concern that I have is that some sites, and this is a theory that I've had, I've mentioned it before, uh, and I don't have proof from Google that this is true, but I think that this is true. I believe that when you switch to HTTPS, your site gets a new valuation of quality. So it's like Google looks at it and says, oh, all the URLs have changed on this site. Let's take a deeper look. And I've seen sites that were getting away with things like keyword stuffing, um, potentially even unnatural links. I think that it's possible that when you switch to HTTPS that Google is going to start checking these things a little more closely. And so if you're on the edge in terms of quality, sometimes sites can see a drop that just stays. I mean, it's really common to see a drop when switching to HTTPS that just gradually recovers itself after a couple of weeks or longer if you're a big site. Um, but if you're seeing a drop that's there consistently and you know it's been there for a couple of months or so, and you have not been able to recover, it may be that you have some quality issues. And we've seen some sites make some nice recoveries. Um, one particular example was one that I read that I looked at the homepage and said, how on earth could this ever rank? Because it was just stuffed with keywords. And so we worked with the uh, site owner to reduce something like 80% of the keywords on the site and replace some of those with synonyms and just removed some altogether. And uh, within, we, we crawled the site again. And within 24 hours, it had popped back to number one for all of its main terms. Now, we don't get cases like that all the time. I love when we find a smoking gun like that. Um, in most cases, though, you know, if, if there is a quality issue, it's a bunch of issues and it's going to take some work uh, to fix. My point is, though, don't be afraid in switching to HTTPS. Unless you've been heavily involved in manipulative stuff, you know, trying to uh, trick Google into ranking you better than you deserve, uh, in that case, then maybe I would be a little bit worried about having Google take a fresh look at your site. So let's talk about Google's quality raters guidelines. So just a little bit of background. I mean, I think most of you who are listening to this have uh, knowledge on what the quality raters guidelines are. I find it fascinating that every time we talk about this, there are people who have been in SEO for a long time who say, don't pay attention to them. They're useless. They're not, they're a waste of time. Um, and Google's own blog post. So years ago, it used to be that Nobody could see the quality raters guidelines unless you actually worked for, um, uh, unless you were a quality rater. <laughs> and uh, they changed that. I think it was 2015. Uh, Google made it so that everybody could see the quality raters guidelines. And they put a little blog post out that said that this is how Google determines whether a website is high quality or not. Um, it's important to note. So these quality raters, there are apparently over 100,000 of these people that are contracted out by uh, companies other than Google. Google pays for this. And then they look at, uh, they have um, questions to answer based on these guidelines. So they look at, I, I uh, heard in one talk that apparently for medical search results, 
uh, a lot of these are evaluated several times an hour by different quality raters uh, to determine whether there are low quality sites that are creeping into these search results. Now, what happens if a quality rater um, looks at your site and says, oh my goodness, this site is horrible. It does not deserve to rank here. You don't get a penalty. It's not like the quality rater can put a penalty on your site or can say, look, we need to demote this site. What happens is if a bunch of quality raters are all saying the same thing, then that gets fed back to the Google engineers and the Google engineers say, okay, why is this site being able to rank really well. And then they figure out, oh, okay, you know, maybe it's because of this and maybe we can tweak the algorithm uh, in this way so that this type of um, quality infraction doesn't happen anymore. So that's how the quality raters guidelines work. And so what we do at Marie Haynes Consulting is we spend a lot of time doing reviews, looking just at questions that are outlined in the quality raters guidelines. So if the quality raters instruct, if the guidelines instruct the raters to look for reputation research and they say, look, you can do this, you can look and see if they're on the Better Business Bureau, you can do this and that, um, then we think that Google's using that in their algorithms. Uh, and so what we try to do is say, all right, the quality raters guidelines give us a hint that says that this could be a sign of quality. So if it's something that we can achieve, let's do it. Now, I think what I might need to do is do a whole podcast episode just on understanding the quality raters guidelines. I've been working for months on this massive article about EAT, um, and we're going to publish more stuff about what's changed in the Quality Raiders Guidelines. And so in this episode, what I want to do is just talk about a couple of places uh, where the guidelines have changed, and then I'm going to go into greater detail in the weeks to come on this, so stay tuned. One thing is that a lot of the places in the guidelines where it said high quality, they've replaced that with high EAT. Again, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And if you are not paying attention to EAT, it's something you need to pay attention to. Um, They have changed something where they've said, here are three criteria Um, for a quality rater to rate a page as highest quality, it has to have at least one of the following. Number one, a very high level of EAT. Number two, a satisfying amount of very high quality main content. And number three, and this is a part that's really changed um, or been emphasized in these guidelines, is a very positive reputation for the website and also for the creator of the content, if that's different from the website. And so there is a lot of stuff in this new version of the guidelines that talks about positive reputation. In some places, it says that if you have even mild reputation problems, that can be a sign of low quality. It says that if you're a your money or your life site, so if you have medical, financial, legal information, if you take money from people, you take credit cards, um, if you sell products, that you're your money or your life site. The guidelines say that having a mixed reputation, so that means some people are saying good things, some people are saying bad things, that this can be a sign of low quality. Now, that concerns me because the guidelines used to say every site has the odd negative review. And I mean, we we reviewed a site just last week that um, is in an industry where it's nasty. I mean, people are attempting negative SEO all over the place. And the reviews for this site were horrible. And when we went back to the site owner in our report and said, look, you have a problem with your reputation, they said, well, what are we supposed to do? Because this is our competitors that are um, basically filing negative reviews. 
I'm hoping that Google has a way to combat that. Um, I think that they can recognize, I mean, there's some industries where uh, nobody has a good review online. Um, And so I'm still not terribly worried if you have a couple of negative reviews. And like we've always said in the past, if you are getting lots of negative reviews, there's something wrong with your business probably. Uh, And so, you know, you want to do everything you can to make it so that your reputation online is showing that uh, you are a good business. Um, There's a lot of stuff in the new guidelines about uh, what's constituting a distracting ad. Um, They say if ads make it difficult to use the main content, that's distraction. Uh, One thing is that they said a pop-up ad that's easy to close might be okay. They're not a fan of if there's shocking or disturbing images on an ad. Interesting, right? I mean, I don't know if Google measures that algorithmically, but, uh, you know, you got to be careful if you're um, doing things that are shocking users and making people want to run away, then that can uh, affect your uh, your ability to rank as well. Um Let's see now there. I mean, there is a ton of other stuff that's changed. And I think, like I said, I think we're going to write a post uh, just to go over. Um, Jennifer Slegg, as usual, has a fantastic post on what's changed in the guidelines. And hats off to you, Jen. You did that very fast. (laughs) So we were trying to get out there and get uh, our document on what's changed. And then we realized if we do this, we're never going to get the newsletter out. So hopefully we'll have more information to you uh, next week. I might even publish, you know, some type of paper uh, Uh, that you can take and and implement for your site. We'll see. Uh, No promises at this point. Um, Dr. Pete Myers noticed that uh, there's a big increase in people also ask results in the SERPs. Uh, He said a 34% increase. This was just as of yesterday. Um, So that's going to push organic rankings down for some sites. Not rankings, but it'll push you down further on the page and it can affect traffic for some sites. So um, that's something to, to take note of. Uh, There are more sites being moved to mobile-first indexing. So I received a bunch of emails on July 17th. And these, again, were sites that um, were just kind of lower in terms of sophistication. If your site has not been moved to mobile-first indexing, you're in the majority. So I know I've had a number of emails from people saying, you know, what's wrong with my site? Why has it not been moved? And I think most sites that have bells and whistles and use JavaScript and um, do fancy things have not yet been moved. And something that John Mueller said is that there's no uh, timeline for mobile-first indexing. And in his words, he said, there's still a lot to do before Google gets there. So stay tuned. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, at some point we'll probably see a date on which a massive amount of sites get moved over and that's probably going to cause some chaos. Um, let's talk a bit about that. I mentioned before that we have a site. It's one of my personal sites that uh, I kind of messed up on. I had... Um, it's a responsive site, but it has different coding for the mobile menu as compared to the um, desktop menu, the navigation. And there were some links missing from the mobile navigation. So this site got moved to mobile first indexing on July 3rd and lost a bunch of rankings over that week. Uh, and then they continued to drop. So I let it run for a couple of weeks. I think it's actually been three weeks now. Well, July 3rd. Yeah, so three weeks. And uh, we've just made some changes yesterday. And unbelievably, the site dropped for one of its main keywords. It was kind of hanging around number three or so in terms of rankings for this keyword. And um, it dropped down to page two. Uh, within uh, within a few days of getting this mobile first indexing, 
And after we submitted the page uh, yesterday, like within minutes, it was up to number three. Uh, no, sorry, number four, organic. Um, now, I mean, there's other factors at play. I think this site actually saw improvements with the July 21st update. And so the question is, you know, maybe that update helped to uh, boost things up. Um, but I'm going to do some more work on that. And I should hopefully report back to you on that in my next newsletter uh, next week. Usually the newsletter comes out on Tuesdays now. Um, and if you're not a member already, you can sign up at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. Um, just a few more things to cover because this has been a longer episode. Um, let's see here. We'll skip over a couple of unimportant things. Google's made some changes on its guidelines on automatically generated content. I see a lot of sites that rely very heavily on auto-generated content. There's one type of auto-generated content that we know Google really doesn't like, and that's when you use Google Translate to translate a page and then put that page in the search results. Um, do not use auto translations on pages that you want to be indexed because Google will see those as low quality pages. It's We've mentioned this before, but it's okay to have users go to the English version of a page and then ask them, would you like to translate this? That's fine. But if you're trying to get those translated versions um, into the search results, then that can be considered a sign of low quality. Uh, again, um, if you're manually translating pages, that's awesome. Don't be worried about doing that. But something else that uh, was new in these guidelines is that they consider automatically generated content. One of the ways is text translated by an automated tool without human review or curation before publishing. And I see this on so many sites, especially if you're a real estate site, uh, sites that list apartment listings, um, home listings, vacation rentals, things like that. I see it all the time that what they'll do is they'll have this listing and then they'll pull in tons and tons of data from databases. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. The thing is, though, that there's nothing on these pages that's unique to these pages. And what the site owner always says to me is, oh, but we have the best interface. Um, you know, users can see it all in one place. Google doesn't see it that way, in my opinion. And this is also based on things that John Mueller has said in Hangouts. What they see is, oh, this page contains nothing that's unique and users could find all this stuff everywhere else. And if a huge amount of your website contains content like that, then that's uh, something that Google could be considering low quality, and that could affect your rankings for your entire website. So you really need to look at um, auto-generating content. There are other examples as well. Uh, I know what a lot of people do too is uh, create doorway pages not meaning to call them doorway pages, but basically create these pages that are essentially the same, um, but just the city name has changed. And then all of the content uh, has been pulled out of different sources and stitched together. Uh, that's not high quality content. Those of you who use the Bing Webmaster API, it's apparently still down. It's been down for weeks now. So if you're struggling with that, it's not you, it's Bing. Um, there was a great discussion on Twitter uh, uh, by um, Ashley Berman-Hale, who uh, started asking about examples of sites that had cleaned out thin content and had seen improvements. So I chimed in with a little bit of a panda recovery that we had had years ago. Uh, this site had, all we did was remove um, thin forum posts and they saw a massive panda recovery. And there are, there's loads and loads of discussions here on uh, examples of sites that people feel um, improved after clearing out thin content. Uh, so that's a really good discussion to, uh, to read on there. 
I found it interesting. There's been a lot of discussion on href lang and how complicated it is. And something that um, John Mueller said is that even Google uses it wrong sometimes. He said, always be careful when copying a big site. They're not always right. So if you're trying to implement href lang, uh, don't always pay attention to what the big sites are doing. I know I've been confused about it in times too. Google's documentation is not too bad, though. Uh, it just takes a little bit of understanding to sit down and and, uh, um, and follow what they're saying. But uh, anyways, if you're using hreflang, you want to be sure that you're using it properly. Um, we had a bit of stuff in the newsletter about, I'm sure you guys have heard the news about uh, the Trump Google bomb. So uh, those of you who are relatively new to SEO may not know what a Google bomb is. Um, one example is years ago, uh, SEOs made it so that if you searched for failure or miserable failure, you would get George Bush's website. And so there's always politics seems to be involved in these Google bombs. Um, and the way that they accomplished that Google bomb was that every SEO just from their own websites would link the words miserable failure to George Bush's website. And even though those words weren't on his website, Google said, well, if all these websites say that this website is relevant to these terms, then we should rank it for those terms. And um, Google closed that loophole for the most part. You know, they they anchor text is still very important, um, but they've made it so that uh, in most cases, that type of Google bomb doesn't work. So now if you do a search on Google images for the word idiot, you will see only pictures of Donald Trump. Um, The same thing does not happen on Bing, which is interesting. And they think that the way it happened was because of Reddit. Uh, And so Reddit users decided to all upvote pictures of Donald Trump using the word idiot. Um, And then what happened was it snowballed because the news got a hold of this. And so authoritative news sources uh, would write a page, um, an article, and they would have the words Donald Trump and idiot. Uh, And so this connection was made that Google was saying, look, all over the place, people are connecting this person with this term. And then that caused, it's interesting that it just caused uh, changes in Google Images. Um, And I'm sure that the Google Images algorithm is different than uh, the regular ranking algorithm. But uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, that tells me a couple of things. I think that uh, Google is monitoring what happens on Reddit all the time. And if you can get people on Reddit talking about your brand, I think that that can improve your EAT, um, provided people are saying good things about your brand. Uh, So it's an interesting uh, thing to see. I think Google will probably look at this and clean up, um, you know, their algorithms so that this doesn't happen again. Although I also think that many people at Google are not Trump fans. And so maybe this might take a bit longer to clean up than uh, other things that they've done in the past. Um... Let's talk a bit about, I think this, uh, we've got just a couple more things. Uh, there was an interesting case study that I wrote about in the newsletter uh, where Webology um, was looking at broken link building. And there's some really good tips in this uh, report from Webology on how you can do outreach for broken link building. So broken link building is where you find a site and you say, hey, I noticed you were linking to this post and that link doesn't work anymore. That post is gone, but I have this great guide that is even better. So do you want to link to us instead? And sometimes that works. Um, I think a lot of webmasters are just sick and tired of the abuse that that gets. I mean, I see all the time. I have a post about uh, how guest posting can cause a penalty. And all the time I get emails saying like, I saw this great post on guest posting. And yeah, anyways, it's uh, people just get tired of this type of outreach. But 
in this example, they were able to get a number of links to this post. But what I found interesting, though, was I looked at the rankings for that particular URL, and nothing really improved after getting these links. Now, there's a, a number of possible reasons why. It may be that it takes time. Um, some of these links were on older sites. Although John Mueller was asked about this in a help hangout years ago, and he said that, you know, if you get these links on older re reference pages that nobody ever visits or clicks on, it's possible that they won't be that helpful or valuable to you. So my take-home message from this study was not that it's easy to get links through broken link building, but rather that maybe that type of link doesn't work anymore. And I know some of you, especially those of you who are in link building, are probably saying like, well, what actually does work now? And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, Think of why Google wants to count links. They want to count links because people are truly recommending your content and um, not because an SEO has managed to get links pointing to your site. So I think Google knows, you know, if somebody changed a link on an old reference post that nobody ever visits, that, you know, it's probably not uh, a great recommendation for your site. So um, I do hope to have some information out in the future just about what types of links are still moving the needle. Um, unfortunately, we're just running out of time. There's so many things we want to write about and we have business to do as well. So, um, um, you know, hopefully I'll have that out in the next few months or so. A uh, few things about local SEO. So now if you have a new listing on Google My Business, uh, they will send you a notification when it goes live. So that's a, a new change. There's some information in the newsletter about how to deal with duplicate listings. This is from Joy Hawkins. Um, and uh, this I thought was interesting. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Google Posts. And uh, I, I think, you know, most businesses are not using them. And so now what some people are seeing, Andy Simpson tweeted a thing saying that uh, now um, on his clients' listings, he's seeing a thing... Oh, sorry, on other clients' listings, they're seeing his business, saying businesses like yours are posting and showing other businesses Google Posts. So they're trying to get your competitors to do Google Posts. So it is, I do believe, a ranking uh, advantage. It can cause an increase in click-through rate. You really should be using Google Posts. Um, and the final thing we'll talk about here is uh, Tim Capper tweeted a little graphic showing uh, rankings or traffic. Oh, it was visibility for a site um, in which he moved the business's pin. So your business, if you have a local presence, if you are a Google My Business presence, you'll have a pin that says, here's where your business is. And this particular business he had, had um, they were right on the border of a particular county line and their pin was in the wrong county. So he just moved the pin. He made an edit on Google Maps, moved the pin over to the right county, and saw a massive increase in visibility. Um, so if you do any local SEO, you want to pay attention to where those pins are. So that's a lot of info for this week. Um, I'm going to be doing a bit of traveling next week. I have uh, a private uh, event that I'm going to be speaking at and um, probably will be a bit un unavailable for the most of the week. But my team is here. We are hiring. If you are in the Ottawa area, we are um, expanding. We're doing tons of reviews and really helping out a lot of sites. And so if you want to have uh, the opportunity to learn SEO and uh, work with our team, then um, you can find information on that at mariehaines.com slash jobs. Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. I'd love if you could leave a review for me. I'll also be doing a similar recording on YouTube, which should be live later this morning. And um, as always, you can find the newsletter at mariehaines.com newsletter. That's it for this week. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings.